This is episode 241 of the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Control and Compound Financial. They teach real estate investors how to multiply their wealth using infinite banking strategies. For a complimentary wealth coaching session or to learn more, visit www.controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines. Welcome back to the show. Today, I've got Adil Varani on the show and he's only been investing in real estate for just a couple of years now, but man, did he hit the ground running. His journeys took him up to Timmins, Ontario, where he discovered what cash flow is all about. He discussed a couple of properties on this episode today uh, that the outcome is north of $4,000 a month in cash flow on properties. You know, let's talk sub $200,000. Uh, of course, he's putting work into them, but the, the cap rates that we discussed today, the overall rates of return and uh, the margin for error is massive and something I'm not used to hearing a lot about on this show when we're talking about Ontario. So it was a really refreshing conversation because, you know, lots of people are talking about going out of province, out of country, and for good reason. However, there is still cash flow to be had in Ontario. And here's an example of it. It's not to say you can't get cash flow south. You can, but you have to make the deal. Whereas it seems like it's a lot more achievable with less effort if you go north. But of course, these opportunities, they tend to run their course. And I talked about that with Adil in this episode, talked about the opportunity that still exists in Timmins. And he thinks there's a pretty significant one. He talked about how he's running a student rental operation up there. And what he's done in two years is truly inspiring. So I think you're going to get a lot out of the episode. Um, as always, I want to remind you about our GTA West REI meetup that happens monthly. Please make sure you're in the Facebook group so you can find out about our next event. And I uh, just want to ask you, if you haven't already done so, please take a moment to rate and review this podcast. It helps it get out there so more people can find it and helps the uh, listener and viewer base grow. So I really appreciate that if you could. Now, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into episode 241 with Adil Varani. Hello and welcome to the Andrew Hines Real Estate Investing Podcast. I have Adil Varani on the show and I, I've seen your name online a lot, but you reached out to me and uh, said you wanted to come on. I think you're up Northern Ontario yes. doing investing. That's right. Okay. So we got a lot of people in our community doing that and I'd love to hear your take on it. But uh, first off, just give me the backstory, how you came to be sitting here and how you got into real estate. 100%. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Andrew, for having me. Um, so backstory, it's not a long time ago since I started in real estate, even though a lot of people mm -hmm. feel like I've been uh, investing for quite a bit. But uh, mm -hmm. just a little bit about myself, I, I'm still working my nine to five. I work as an actuary. Uh, I'm not sure whether you're aware okay. of what that is, yeah. but 95% people don't know. So it's, Prob Probabilities of loss yes. and cost benefit analysis <laughs> and all that stuff. You got that. Yeah. You got that. So yeah. I, I work for insurance companies to help them predict uh, uh, well, at least we can try to predict uh, the possibility of a future loss. And if that happens, what is the severity mm -hmm. of that? So that helps insurance company create risk models for mm -hmm. the pricing of the insurance premium. So so I see things in my life very differently uh, mm -hmm. to begin with. Like whenever I see, even in real estate, I see different types of risk that could come with that. For sure. How to mitigate them, how to put buffers for them. So that really helps me kind of bring that knowledge in here. So I really love what I do. So um, I would even, my goal is not to kind of quit the job, that's it, but it's like more supplementing of what mm -hmm. I always do because that's what I love doing as well. I got introduced into real estate by my realtor who helped me buy my primary residence back in 2020. 
Um, okay. And uh, his name is Isaiah Bailey. He he got me in, and um, we got a primary residence. And myself, I work as an actor. And my wife, she's an accountant, uh, an IT auditor by profession. So if you're good, both professionals don't have kids yet. So if you're saving a decent amount of money. And at that point, I told my realtor that, hey, I really want to get into some investment. And he kind of suggested me to listen to your podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. And I started listening to it 2021, I would say, start of 2021. And that's when I got, like, addicted to it a little bit real estate and then we got into turnkey uh rental in st catharines okay. so we got a duplex there uh with the ridiculously low interest rates it was cash flowing crazy uh, even as is so totally honest with you i didn't even change a bulb in that property it was as turnkey as that i got it rented the day one it was cash flowing thousand a month uh back wow. then so all it takes is just a full down payment and then yes you can do it yeah. yes yes exactly so yeah. i think it costed us 130 grand all in like down closing everything yeah and at that point i was like this is amazing but i want to do more of it so you're, you're almost i mean you're, you're getting close to a 10 percent cash on cash on that one yes uh, yes which that's pretty rare i mean how did you i guess your realtor just ended up helping you out with uh yes with that yeah yes okay. so even though I was in uh, Mississauga, uh, my realtor, like he, he would take me to properties in Niagara Agents and Catherine's being mm-hmm. one of them. And they just happened to be, we were able to find a duplex. Uh, it's it's actually, I wouldn't say it's a duplex. It's like a bungalow with the in-law suite in the basement. Okay. So it's like a three bed on the top, one bed in the basement. So you're just being technical because duplex, well, isn't duplex actually supposed to be one over the other? Yeah, it is. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah so you, you can call it a but duplex. But in-law suite because it doesn't have legal status? Or? Yes, yes, Okay. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. That's exactly what differentiates them. Mm-hmm. But going back to going back to why why I ended up in Northern Ontario and at that mm-hmm. point uh, I, I wanted to do more of it I'm like I want to grow more mm-hmm. but I didn't I didn't have the patience to to have 130,000 again because it would take me another two years well I mean that's <laughs> isn't that how we all sort of started I mean in, unless you like binged real estate podcasts to start and you were like the working partner on a JV or something a lot of people come in and then they hit that wall after one or two because they're like oh where do I keep getting the, the down payments exactly and that's yeah. where that's where it happened but it happened real quick I closed uh, just to give a perspective to yourself and your listeners uh, we closed on this property in June 2021 so it's about just two years uh, like that was my first rental property in St. Catharines okay. yeah yeah exactly so I I really wanted to grow faster and then I started listening to your podcast and I literally binged all of those episodes and I, I reached mm. to the point at which you were explaining Burr and I was like this is interesting and at that point I hadn't taken any coaching at all I was just trying to do it by myself mm-hmm. uh, and I and I really liked that model but I didn't want to apply that model onto a million dollar property here in down south so I wanted to do something where even if I was to screw up if that was a possibility it wouldn't kind of take me down completely so that's where I started going to re, uh, real estate meetups, and I met one of the uh, one of the individuals there who was investing up in Timmins, uh, mm-hmm. and they told me that they have a property up there. They were wholesalers as well. Uh, they would want me to come in as a money partner. So I was like, "This mm-hmm. is a good opportunity. I will learn uh, that way." And I offered them that, "Hey, if I just want." to be a little bit more involved than a normal money partner. So I get to know mm-hmm. a little bit more. I want to do this someday. So yeah. that's how I got introduced to the market of Timmons. And this was in um, October 2021. So six months, about five, six months after I closed on my first one. So you're not even two years yet. Not, no, not even two years. Yeah. And at that point, so this is a blessing in disguise, because this was happened at that point when it happened. It looked pretty awful to me. Mm-hmm. It was a tough time. But when it happened, but now when I look back at it, it's a blessing in disguise. So what I mean by that, 
is I have this JV partner. And that's why for that reason, um, I was I closed on the property in October. I was bringing in the money and I, and I was also bringing in the renovation funds. Right. Uh, however, we had a we had a this is one of the regrets I have. But there, there was essentially uh, there was a certain clause in the JV agreement, which we did not completely align on. And naive part of me did not understand, like, hey, let's get this done, sorted out before we close on it. I was like, mm-hmm. I discussed it. It was a more handshake kind of a deal. And, um, and that wholesaler agreed that, yeah, I know I'm on board with that. Let's just close on it and we will we will get it done. And that never happened. I closed on it. I exactly remember October 22nd, 2021. I closed on it and I called called this uh, wholesaler or potential partner. And they were like, no, I never agreed on that. So I was in the corner in a sense that either I could accept their terms because I had already closed on it, mm-hmm. or I could completely back out, sell that place, or, or do something with it. I had never stepped in Timmins ever, right, right, eight hours away, right. Yeah. So that's where was my turning point, I would say, in my in my real estate journey. Um, I could have gone sold the property back then, uh, make it a little bit of a loss, or. I could just go to Timmins for the next few weekends because I was working full time as well mm-hmm. and create my team where I didn't even know what it cost to even tile a square foot, you know, like I, that. that's how naive I was in the real estate game. Sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like me when I started. Yes. Yeah, yeah I know you. I, I heard a couple of your stories. So, yeah, th- that's exactly it was more of me being thrown into it and it was either just back out uh or just go all in yeah and and that's where it kind of changed everything for me to be honest as you yeah. said it's less than two years i i did a full burr by myself on that one i made a ton of mistakes i'm not saying that i was perfect i made a ton of mistakes but the market supported my mistakes uh i was able to get a full burr out of it and then once i i saw the magic of that this was march of 2022 that i kind of actually completed my first burr and at that point, I I was like, okay, I wanna I wanna do more of it. I already have a steam established because I yeah. I went to Timmins eight weekends in a row, and I, I hats off to my wife who was okay with that because I was leave I would leave a Saturday morning and drive for eight hours, be there for the Saturday remaining of Saturday, Sunday a little bit, and then drive back to work on Monday. So I did that for eight weekends in a row to establish my team. But then once yeah. the team was there, I was like, let's keep on doing this. So it was just more of deal flow. Yeah, and. That's what it takes, unfortunately, for a lot of people aren't willing to do that. And yeah, hats off to you for doing that. Because that's, uh, I mean, you were kind of thrown into it. You already had the house. It was uh, lose money or do what it takes. But I had a really hard conversation with Jordan about that uh, probably 2015. Where I said, uh, yeah, so I bought a house and <laughs> it's in London. <laughs> well, I mean, that that uh, followed, you know, a conversation where I was going to go back, you know, move to London. We had been living in Burlington together and I went back, took a teaching contract. I knew I wanted to invest in London, but I wanted to be like boots on the ground. Yes. So I went and that was a tough conversation because we spent a lot of time apart. Yes. And she was... Uh, she was supportive, yeah, not course. pleased, but uh, <laughs> <Similar>. <laughs> sounds like you had a similar uh, situation. Yes. Um, I think uh, women tend to uh, respond if, you know, their significant other is, you know, doing something that they feel is important to change their situation, right? Like, I think that they like to see that. So, of course, of that's course. probably similar for you. Like, you were going to, you know, go down this path and that was a good first step. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And to be honest, Andrew, like, when that happened, it felt the end of the world because at that point... A third, I think it was thirty-eight thousand down payment and maybe ten thousand worth of close, so forty-eight thousand down payment mm-hmm. and closing costs combined. 
like I thought this was gone. And at that point, 48,000 meant the world to me. Like it, it would have been like, it would have destroyed me, right? Like not in a, not in that way, like which I did not want it to just happen. Just mentally? But <laughs> just mentally, exactly. Yeah. So, but, but now when I look back mm. at it, believe me, that was one event that really changed the whole trajectory of how I do the real estate investing, mm -hmm. which is mind blowing to me. And that's why, and a lot of people I talk yeah. to, they have some difficult times in their journey. Mm -hmm. And I always, always tell them that, hey, you just got to wait it out. Just see through this and believe me, come back to in a year or two, you will realize why that happened, what happened. Yeah. There's always a silver lining in there. That old proverb, who's to say what's good or bad, you know? Yes. The, one of the, the farmer and his son broke his leg, but then he couldn't go off to war. So, yes, you yes. know, terrible fortune that he broke his leg, but then he didn't have to go to war. So, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. You don't always know how it all will work out, right? You could see something on the surface looks bad, but it could yes. be the biggest blessing. Yes, change, exactly. Change your direction. 100%. And and you know what, Andrew, like recently, I'm, you wouldn't believe it, recently I met that uh, wholesaler or my potential partner back then mm -hmm. at one of the conferences. And I, I literally have no, no hate or anything for them. I literally hugged them and I was like, thank you. Because actually... Mm -hmm. If they wouldn't have done what they did, you wouldn't have taken. I wouldn't action. have taken that action. Yeah. So here's the thing: like we're all capable of doing insane things, yes. but we refuse to throw ourselves into situations that will require that of us. And yes. you have to take that very seriously because if you throw your like, you can make the decision any day to start into something, and you just burn the bridge behind you, which you sort of did. I mean, you own the property; <laughs> you yep. got to do something yes. now. Exactly. Um, so then, you know, it's either take the loss or put in an absurd amount, absurd amount of overcompensation to correct for your lack of knowledge on that. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I'm glad you did the latter. And yes. now you have that skill. But I mean, there's other things that we could do. Like, for instance, you could go buy a campground and a resort. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, of course. you know, it ends up being a lot of work and a yes. lot of ongoing work. And and um, I don't regret it. I, I think there's things I would do differently for sure. But um, it's a lot of work, our organization, but I also knew, I knew it was going to be, there was going to be parts of it that were just like really hard. Mm -hmm. And, but for me, I wanted to be moving forward and yeah. I felt like I had to do something big. Exactly. And, uh, so that was, Hey, for better, or for worse, although we've done some cool stuff. So yeah, I will yeah. say it's just, you know, we, I look at it very balanced. I'm like, I've done yeah. a lot of work and we've, we've accomplished some cool stuff. Exactly. But, uh, no, not that this is about me. <laughs> um, anyway, so tell me about what what your numbers look like there yeah. so so say that first one you did you bought yeah. it for how much i bought so first one yeah i really remember those numbers to my memory so first one we bought for 190 it was a single family yeah. home 190 190 yeah yeah it's yeah. a great number <laughs> in 2020 let me tell you the rents uh 2020, 2020 i bought it october 2021 uh, okay. and refight it in March of 2022. Let me just record this here. Sure. So we've got a purchase at 190,000. 90, um, it required some work. Like, of course, uh, at that point, I wouldn't even walk, like at that point, what I knew, I would walk on the property. I'm like, I'm not buying this, but of course it yeah, was, yeah. it was one of those, but it was Hindsight's in a 2020, <laughs> but in an A plus neighborhood. So it was oh, like perfect. in Timmins, like, of course, it's a small town, but still it has kind of its neighborhoods. So it was, it was in one of the How best. much did you pay rent-wise? Uh, I paid about, uh, I did it, I, I made a lot of mistakes on this one. So 48,000 approximately on that rent. sound bad at all. <laughs> exactly, I know. But that doesn't include your driving or your That time. doesn't include that, yeah. So let's just say we're going to throw in another 10 grand sure. for miscellaneous sure. expenses. Yep. Uh, even though, and you know, everybody values their time differently. I think 100%. At this time, you're just willing to do whatever. Yes, yes, um, exactly. Okay, so let's talk rents. So it's two units? 
Uh, no, it's just single family home. This is That's a single, uh, single okay. family, yeah. Um, okay. It rents for 2200 plus utilities. Plus utilities, okay. Including you, water. What do your taxes look like? Uh, it's about 3200 a year on that. Uh, 32? 3200 yeah. It's kind of expensive. Yeah, just because they're removal? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're, so our, their values are lower, assessed values, but their percentage, percentage is way higher. Way higher, yeah, exactly. I mean, they probably got to run the snow snow they, trucks oh, like yeah. every year. Yeah, I, I learned it the hard way. Like I, everybody told me, hey, snow is a different in Timmins. And I, one, one night I was driving and it was, that's when I realized that oh, it is actually different. You need to remove snow off their off roof. Off your roof, yeah, because exactly. the roof will get too... Too heavy. So, do the newer houses need you to shovel the roof? No, Still? not the newer ones. Just, yeah, just, just the old ones. Because now, now they design the trusses probably like every ten inches, just to exactly, compensate, right? Exactly. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, otherwise, your roof collapses. <laughs> Sorry. You're, otherwise, the roof will. Other, collapse. Yeah. Otherwise, the roof will collapse. So you're just gonna be like on top yeah. of things. You just can't leave it. Uh, wow. Just like that. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So. Uh, can you reinforce it? Like, go to an engineer and just say, "What can we do to make this like stronger?" You could, you could yeah. potentially. Uh, I, given that I've been just in Timmins less than two years, you just uh, went along with I it. I just went along. You with just it. did as the townies do. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. What's your insurance look like there? Uh, that one is about thirteen hundred a year. That one you want to take the the uh, ice and water yes. uh, protection. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I was like, whatever you want to throw in for the water, uh, whatever you have, like I'm I'm willing to pay for it, but just all the water, yeah. ice, everything. So maintenance. I, I mean, normally I do five percent, but that's literally thirteen hundred bucks. I feel like you'll spend that in a year there. Yeah, yeah. I would say I, I take about uh, two grand for two just grand? because the percentage wise it comes in pretty low. Yeah. Okay. So I'll throw it up to eight percent there, uh, which is just over uh, two grand. Utilities. You're paying water. Uh, utilities. No, I'm not paying water. I'm oh, so they do, they do everything. They do yeah, everything. yeah. Well, that makes sense. You don't need to, right? They can do they can do it all because yes. they just put everything in their name. Yes. Uh, management. You're managing yourself. Uh, no, I have a management place for seven percent. And is leasing on top of that? Uh, if they have to put a new tenant. No, they usually it's very different than Timmins. They just weird, but good for me. They don't charge for putting in a so leasing. New, yeah, leasing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's just part of it. I mean, in my mind, that's the way it should be coming yeah. from the customer standpoint. Exactly, exactly. Because um, I really don't want to give the property manager incentive to turn over units. I mean, not that I, th- I think they're looking for it. I think most property managers want tenants to stay put right? because leasing a property is work. Exactly. Uh, it is a lot of work. But it also, you know, they get to get paid, you know, a big chunk. Of course. Um, okay, so landscaping and snow do you provide that or they do it all they do it because a single family they and they they shovel their own roof they shovel their own roof so i have no so you have like a special tool that reaches up yes yes exactly or they could call uh their individuals who would come and do it for them so it's it's a big thing like yeah yeah it's a whole business it's a whole business going up in there yeah um but it's on them because a single family i don't take care of any of that uh okay so let's just go ahead and plug in these numbers 100 and well i'm gonna actually plug in the and value. did you burr this? Or? Yes, I did. Uh, this refied for two ninety five. One thirty nine. Two ninety five. Okay, it's been a while since I ran a perfect burr cl- uh, calculation here. Let's. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll, I'll, this one, this one was exactly perfect burr, but I'll give you another yeah. example where it was in home run. One one second here. So let's go through this one first. Yes. Uh, what interest rate? Uh, so I had about that was still in the good interest rate. Yes, right? yes, but I, I still didn't lock it in until a little later. Uh, it was three and a half, three point five. Okay, on thirty years. Yeah. So until 
your five year renewal it's it's doing good yeah yeah exactly and then hopefully by then the 12 percent renewal won't <laughs> won't be a big deal because you'll hopefully. have the rents way up exactly i say that just yeah. as a joke all right so uh your cash flow on that looks to be like 396 sound about right uh is that a month or a month, a month yeah that yeah, sounds yeah. about right yes that's all right on a on a little one right it's not a big a big house it's not it's, a big investment no well, your investment. Let's let's calculate yeah, what your the, investment yeah. is. So you were all in on the deal for two uh, two forty eight, and then your new mortgage was two thirty six. Correct. Well, yeah. and well, I, I added in the ten ten yes. So you were basically a, a perfect burr. Exactly. I'm, I'm calculating that you're in ten, you know, yep. ten grand just for your own efforts and and what have yep. you. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, no matter how you look at it, even if you were in a full twenty percent down down payment with land transfer and legals. Yep you would still be a 24% return on investment, assuming 2% appreciation. If you yes. can't assume that, if you go 1%, then it brings you down to like 20. The yeah. big difference maker here is your cash flow. Exactly. Your cash flow. And then you got that low interest rate, which helps. Exactly. So let's, if we were to adjust this deal to today's numbers, yeah. what would it look like? Like what would, what would it have cost to buy it today? Exact same single family home. Yeah, exact same uh, condition. Uh, the condition I bought it in, I would probably have similar for 250 would be the oh, line. so it's up like yes big time. oh yeah it has because i've seen when i started in timmins uh i i could count it on my hand how many investors yeah. were there now it's like yeah. every day i see a new investors coming in there yeah and then the reno is still going to be in Reno's the same still ballpark. probably going to be a little higher if, if if anything okay so then we'll call it a reno 65 000. 65 000, i would say yeah yeah so that puts you all in at 315 and then what's it worth in the end uh right now uh it would it would appraise for about 340 ish I would 340,000 slightly lower cap rate. Yes. Um, and then we do have to adjust the interest rate. So now it's going to be more like a 6%. Six, yeah. Six, six and a half. So then you're a negative yes. 164. So yep. this is where investors start getting creative and figure out how can I make this better? It looks like our next stop is Saskatchewan guys. Well, <laughs> I, maybe we won't skip Manitoba, <laughs> but let me tell you, Andrew, like I, I think this one, I wouldn't going back, I wouldn't do this deal again. Uh, it was just a starting point. Now what I get myself involved in is five plus units in Timmins. And if I tell you the numbers for those, your mind will be boggled. Like it's, it's amazing how much cash flow you can still have on these uh, because the rents have gone up ridiculously high in Timmins okay. because of the few reasons I can talk about. And the prices have not caught up yet. Like the investors yeah, are coming like in this. there. But uh, how I see it, especially working in insurance, is I like to see the markets where the, the replacement value, which you always get when you get an insurance code to replace yeah. that building, is always higher always than, more your, than your yes. investment. Yeah, like so that's that how that's the market I like to. You've try. heard me talk about. Yeah, it. I have yeah. I less have. than the cost of replacement. Exactly, yeah. I have. Yes. So yeah. so when and hearing to you, and especially with the insurance background, when we see like in, like the that's one of the factors that determines your premium, right? Mm. So when I look at the Timmins duplexes or triplexes, their replacement cost is like still close mm -hmm. to half a million, but you can yeah. still buy a duplex or triplex. But you literally times. cannot build them for those costs. No, no, definitely. That is a great market to be in in general. I mean, now I don't know about shovel in my roof, but. Um. <laughs> Hi friends, I just wanted to take a moment away from the episode to tell you about my brand new structured coaching program. This is the first time I've ever offered a structured coaching program where we'll have regular meetings in addition to an intro call uh, to go through what your goals are and help you get on a plan to achieve those goals within real estate. So if you followed me for some time and you feel that I would be a fit for you to help you achieve your goals in real estate based on my skill set, based on the topics we cover on this show, I encourage you to head over to my website, andrew-hines.com forward slash coaching 
and fill out the questionnaire so that we can schedule a call and figure out if it's a fit for us to work together. Let's face it, most people could benefit from a second set of eyes and ears going over their strategies, different deals that they're looking at, and helping to springboard ideas back and forth. This is a program that's exactly for that. So if you're looking to build confidence in what you're doing in real estate investing and get very clear on what it is you're trying to accomplish, this might just be the program for you. Take a moment, fill out that questionnaire, and let's schedule a chat. All right, so you you built it up. Now yeah. we got to talk about the the multiplex. So let's yes. let's go through a five unit example. So yes. what would you be paying to buy? Is and is it a purpose purpose built or is it like a hodgepodge? It's a purpose built five plex. Yeah. I actually we're renovating it right now, so I, I really have numbers fresh in my mind. All right, let's talk uh, about it. We bought it for uh, hundred and forty thousand uh, in February of this year. 140 for a purpose built <laughs> five. But let me, let me give you a well, little no bit. Well, no wonder. <laughs> let me give you a little bit of a context here. So it's not it's a five plex, but the owner who owned it was from Vancouver. Uh, it was vacant for last two years because two years before there was a boiler infrastructure kind of gave up, mm -hmm. and there were like leaks in the pipes. So it caused like a whole lot of water damage. We just yeah. didn't know like the water was shut off, so we didn't know what to expect when we turn on the water. Everything yeah. was. It was just still like a building, really strong building standing. So structurally good. Fire okay. separations were were, yes. were yes. they all cinder blocks separated or? Uh, so uh, I think so. Yes. Yeah. Which meant you didn't need to do anything. No, we didn't. Do, yeah. So I can tell you that we didn't need to do anything. What about, about the, the separations from the one on top of the other? Like there's only so how it is structured. Ceiling separation. Yeah. So there are ceiling separation, but there was yeah. some a lot of ceiling damaged as well due to the water. That's what I was wondering about. If you had water damage your ceiling, did you have to tear your firewall apart? We did for for yeah. some part of it, not yeah. all because so you fixed some of the firewall. Some some of the yeah. firewall, not all of it, but just yeah. some of it. Uh, so how it's structured was there are two units at the upper level. There there were two units on the main level, and then one unit in the basement. So that's With the potential for two, or you had a laundry in the basement. Ah, uh, so so we could potential do two there, but uh, just the way it's structured right now, all the stuff the water flew yeah. into the basement when the water damage sure. happened. So basement is in a really shitty position right now. Well, plus I'm gonna just point this out. Like if you're buying at that point we're talking about cost of replacement yep. you couldn't finish the basement unit for like as much as you could just buy another unit for so <laughs> you might as well just buy another building exactly for now until until that market changes where it becomes really expensive yeah and then you make different exactly different decisions. uh okay so so you're into that one 140 to buy it how much to rent uh so we have about 170,000. Worth of including carrying costs. Uh, carrying costs would be another uh, thirty thousand on top of that. Plus thirty thousand. So yeah, you're two hundred grand all in for three forty ish. Three forty ish. Yeah, that sounds okay. Right. And then rent roll. Let's walk through the units. So we're gonna do a a student rental on this one. Okay. Um, and we have kind of talked. What's, in what's the unit breakdown on these? Uh, so two units on the top. Uh, there were used to be two beds, but they were big two beds, so we created a third bedroom in both units. Okay, so, so there are now three bed units. So you get two three bedroom units. Two up top. three bed units up top. The old owner had combined the two units on the main floor as one big unit. Mm -hmm. So we tried to keep it that way because if we break it down into two separate units, we need another kitchen, and that takes mm -hmm. away one bedroom away. So not really a fiveplex then. So now uh, we'll treat it as a fourplex. Yeah, okay. but it's registered as a fiveplex if you ever wanted right. to convert it back. Sure. Uh, so now it's a five bed main level unit uh, where, yeah, so five bed there. And then it's going to be three bed in the basement as well. So if you think about it that way, it's going to be 14 bedrooms. All right. So in how much per bedroom are you going to go? 
Uh, so we're going to do upper level as sh uh, two people sharing one room, which is pretty common there. Uh, we're going to do all-inclusive 450 per student. Per student. So, so 900 per room on the upper level. Okay, so 900 times six, six bedrooms. Yeah. Times six plus... Uh, on the main level, we're going to have a floor for only single occupancy. Okay, so 500. So, uh, five we're doing times. five times 750. 750, on sorry. Yeah. It's yeah. that good up there, huh? Yeah. And what's yeah. the university called? There? Northern College. Northern College. Okay. Um, and right. and then on the basement, we're going to do, again, uh, double occupancy. So it's going to be six times... Well, three times 900, another one. 12-month leases? 12-month leases, yes. All right. Okay, so that's eleven thousand eight hundred and fifty dollars yes. a month. Yes, you were not kidding about the uh, <laughs> the blow my mind thing. Yes, I mean, you just wait till we get to the maintenance number. Oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. of course. I I, would I'm going to be uh, <laughs> as an actuary. You should. <laughs> I do be adding I, that number. Well, 100 uh, percent. That's hilarious. Of all the things, that, does that qualify as ironic? <laughs> <laughs> it does. It does. It totally does. Yes. Okay, so taxes. How much? Uh, taxes are pretty cheap there. Uh, 3500 for that. Yeah. Okay. Insurance, that's going to be like yes. student rental, yeah. you know, mammoth, like $4,000 a year. Uh, I have a 5000 5000 okay. Yes. All right. You would know. <laughs> okay. So maintenance, like I'm going to say, well, if it's 5%, that's $11,000 in a year. But I mean, I mean, somebody might have a paintball fight in your house. Yeah. Like, I mean, that's happened in one of mine. Yeah. Uh, before I knew to make nice units, yes. I attracted people who would have a paintball fight. Now, I don't know if Northern College students are any like Fanshawe College students, but uh, <laughs> no slight to the Fanshawe students. Yeah. But I've had I've had uh, a few stories told to me. Of course, of um, course. Like, what what are you expecting here? Have you have any experience as a student rental landlord? Yeah, yeah. So I have a couple of units in my other six plexes I own. Mm -hmm. uh, which would be a couple of units are student rentals. And usually these students who are coming uh, to Northern College these days are, are coming from India. Uh, and that's because they're kind of attract, they're actually marketing in okay. India to bring people in. Uh, yeah. So they are, they're just, they're mostly coming to get just their to permanent residence. Exactly. Yeah. Education. And so they're not really so looking to party or whatever. They're not looking to, to be honest, like for them to go to Timmins, they have a good program there, which is mm -hmm. uh, like they call it RNIP, is a rural immigration program, something like a pilot program, which gives them the permanent residency much quicker than if they were to come somewhere down south. Yeah, because like for a lot of Indians, like that's going to be just brutally cold. Like there's no part of India cold. that's it, any that's even as cold as here, right? Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, yeah it's not there. Uh, it, it That's what really struck me to be, and I'm go, I know we're going on a different tangent, but uh, but I really want to say when I when I was, when I first went to Timmins in October 2021, I would say I would, you can point me out as a person of color when I would be walking. Like mm -hmm. I, I was probably one yeah, of the I've odd ones. Yeah, I heard that about, about I would Timmons. be one of the odd ones, but you wouldn't believe I was there just two weeks back just to check up on a couple of projects. And I felt like Mississauga or Brampton. I, I'm not kidding. Yeah, so it's changing. It, the, the, yeah. the dynamics are changing quite a bit. Uh, and, and that's just because what uh, sort of people, Northern College, are actually marketing in India yeah. to bring these people in. And not, now, of course, half of them will leave yeah, once and go the education else. summer yeah, is done. Yeah. But they're still, I, I inter well, interviewed, but I kind of talked to a few of them at Home Depot and stuff when I went there because they're working there. And I was like, do you plan on staying here? And and at least I had some respondents who just plan on staying there because of still comparable low cost of living. Uh, it's still high, but right. it's still lower. Yeah, I mean, some will. I think, 
I think there are probably, and I, w- I wish I had the data to track this. I think of course. probably a lot of them just leaving. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I thought Canada was something different. <laughs> yes. Or yes. maybe going to a different province. <laughs> yes. But, yes. Uh, okay. So utilities wise, you're going to have a hefty bill there. Yes. Uh, so if you have, uh, if you're going to have what I put in for was hydro and uh, hydro about 10 grand for the year. Okay. For the year. Yeah. Okay. And that's water included. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah. Exactly. And uh, we would have gas for about, uh, I put in 12 grand just to be safe, a grand a month. Purpose-built building, all sharing one boiler? Yes. Yeah, you're not going to be that much, I don't think. Although it is Timmins. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I took an estimate from my other buildings, and yeah. it was, it was I've never done student rental, like like a whole building of student rental, so that's mm-hmm. why I couldn't, but it was coming out to be eight grand. Sure. I just, yeah, I just yeah. better be, buffer it. Better yeah. to be conservative. Yeah. yeah. All right. So management, uh, you paying a manager? Yes. I, I'll have about 7% for that. 7%. So that's 10 grand over the year. Yes. Uh, landscape and snow, you're obviously going to have to do yes. that. So yes. that's not going to be cheap. In uh, so area. the good thing is this one doesn't have a lot of front space. It's, yeah. So it's really uh, just the parking lot. Uh, not even, a, there's not even a, so the, the part of the town this is in, there's not a lot of parking. Like there's only street parking. Okay. So you don't have. So it's just a really small patch of. Like, so there's no snow plow. Yeah, yeah. Usually city would do just it. shoveling the, yes, the front the tra- walkway. Yeah, the front walkway, exactly. So but I'll still get someone to do it for sure. So yeah. it's I'll probably say a thousand a year. So you're not to fetch those kind of rents, you don't need to give parking. Well, especially in that part of the town. Mm-hmm. But that part of the town where this five plex is located, it's known to have lack of even the single family homes there park on the streets. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yes. All right, so consumables, you won't have that here. Uh, miscellaneous, I like to just throw 500 bucks yep. in there. Anything else like garbage disposal, any other fees? You, oh, you're going to have internet? Did you already yes, cover that? Yes, so internet is about 100 a month. Okay, so so we, got, we better throw that in. So we're going to have 1,200 yeah. for internet. Uh, what else? Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Any cleaning? You offer cleaning? Yes, yes, cleaning. So we'll do uh, cleaning once a month. Uh, I think it was about 4,000 all in for the year. All right. Good thing I'm uh, asking you all these questions, just thinking of the things I hear people talk about. <laughs> so we're trying to throw every expense we can think of, of course, in here. Of um, nothing else we missed? That's what I'm thinking. But uh, we got that management internet. But they'll just take their garbage out to the road? Yeah, yeah. They'll yeah. just take the garbage out to the road. Um, okay. Yeah, I can't think of... Okay, so what, yeah. what would this appraise for when it's done? Uh, once it's done, as a fourplex, it's going to appraise for minimum half a mil, so 500000 You're going to get 75% loan to value in that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so commercial financing? Commercial financing, exactly. With a credit union? Uh, yes, credit okay. union there. 25-year M? Uh, 30-year M. They're going to give you 30? Yeah, yeah, they're giving 30 year. Oh, all right. Uh, 7%? Uh, 6.5. At least the one I have locked up right now. Is Wild. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Okay, yes. so 6.5. So your mortgage payment is 2300 on yep. something that has a monthly revenue of 11850 <laughs> Exactly. So um, $4,623 is what I got as the, uh, as the monthly cash flow. Yes. Monthly cash flow. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yes. That's almost worth going to Timmins for. <laughs> exactly. Is, this is, still, is that still a, a findable deal? Uh, maybe your entry point wouldn't be 140 now. Uh, you So this is one of the off-market deals. Uh, you mm-hmm. could still find something on-market for mm-hmm. something of that sort for 200, 220. 
okay. if you wanted to. So of course, you will still get a cash flow. The only thing is you might not get a perfect burr out of yeah. it. Yeah. Oh, we didn't cover that part yet. So you're 375 new mortgage, you're 340 all in. Yep. So 35 grand difference, potentially in your pocket, less yes. the legal fees. Yes. So yeah, maybe you're going to throw 20 grand in your pocket or yep. something. Yep. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, it's 20 grand in your pocket, uh, you know, getting paid to own real estate. So, yes. I mean, you, you can't even calculate your ROI, your actual right. ROI because you don't have an investment other than your time, which yeah. we could technically ca calculate an ROI on if we wanted to uh, put a dollar on your hourly. Yeah. But uh, total return here. So, yep. we've got pay down of like 4,900 a year. Yep. We've got appreciation at 1% at five grand. Yep. And then your annual cash flow of 55,000. <laughs> yes. So, $65,000 yes. in annual return, the bulk of which is cash flow. Exactly. That's which is what I like. It. That's the way you want it to be. Because exactly. now, what can you really rely on with the rest yep. of it? Uh, in fact, I mean, it's a total hypothetical, but if interest rates just kept going up and up and up, asset values would just keep going down. Yep. Exactly. There's an inverse correlation. Exactly. One thing I like to do, Andrew, um, uh, is whenever I buy something or uh, burr something, I like to calculate what the interest rate has to be to mm. get me a break-even point. So like, like to just make it, how, how bad would it have to how, get? Yeah, how bad? So the actuary is well prepared here. So <laughs> so if we go like 12% yeah, interest go for, rate, go 12%. let's go to 25%. 25, yeah, go for it. Yeah, and then you're negative. Now I'm negative. Yeah, yeah, I think so. this one has a breaking even close to 18, 19. I, I don't know, something like I that. I still got you making money at 20%. 20, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so that's what I really like. I like to keep yeah. numbers on higher end of 12. So if someone, is, some property, some project is breaking even above 12%, yeah. I'm fine taking it. So I want people listening and watching to take note of this because this is how people used to think before they sort of got a little beaten down by high prices and low yields that they just said, ah, you know what, if it can cash flow one day, it'll make me money. And, and speculation has been good. Let's let's not uh, yeah. pretend. But uh, this is one of those ones where you're not going to get rich on the appreciation, most likely. Nope. Um, and, and in fact, you may lose. Yep. You, you might see this go down in value, but uh, what you likely won't see is your cash flow go down. In fact, you're probably going to see it go up until you renew. <laughs> and yep. then yep. when you renew, who knows? Like, who knows where, where interest rates will be? I mean, I... I think the people who pull all the strings are more than happy to have <laughs> private ownership not be a thing. So exactly. who knows? Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, this is this is great to hear this kind of stuff in Ontario. I shouldn't paint Ontario with one brush. Um, <laughs> I, I know I, I was listening to some, some of your previous episodes and I was like, I, I just really wish I talked to Andrew on this one because I'm like, it's going to probably blow Andrew's mind and yeah. I speak some no, numbers great. like that. It's great. Um, like, I, I wish I wish more people could come on and talk numbers like this. It just... I mean, it used to be like, oh, but I got to go to Welland for that. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I feel you. One thing, one thing though, and, and I get that from a lot of investors when I talk about Timmins is, hey, Timmins has gone like ups and downs and it is like sometimes sure. it will boom, sometimes it will bust, right? That's yeah. what the history has shown, right? Like Calgary, like, or, or Edmonton, right? Like when the oil prices goes yeah. up. Uh, the, the town is so, doing amazing. So what drives drives Timmins that way? So it has always been in the past, the mining industry, but the mining of specifically gold. That that was gold and uh, gold. And, gold mines there? Gold mines, yeah, exactly. How many? Uh, there were like a three big ones, uh, which are still operating. But in the past, what has happened, the coal, gold prices, the commodity prices, fluctuations has caused those yeah, and busts, new right? initiatives. Yeah, you might, you might scale back operations. Yeah. With active mines, though, they're not as likely to shut them down versus new projects. Exactly. Yeah. But what we're seeing now, Andrew, is uh, the nickel mines. Like that's something new, which mm -hmm. Timmons had not seen in the past. And nickel is the raw material for the EV batteries. 
so there you go. The thing is, it's a different boom right now. It's not a boom for the with regards to the commodity prices. It's a boom with regards to the raw material which we need for evolution. So we we are evolving yeah. as a community. We're not going to go back to fossil fuels. Like mm -hmm. hopefully, so we are we are going to evolve as a community towards electric vehicles. Whenever that is going to be, ten years, twenty years, but we need raw materials for that. So we don't really care about if the raw material costs one dollar, it costs ten dollar. The price of the commodity is not a big thing now, as it was for the gold. You're saying because it's needed, it's which needed. would ultimately just drive the price up. Of course, it would yeah. drive the price up. But as a as a community, you need that raw material. It's it's not with regards to hey, it's in more demand or less demand because we're evolving mm -hmm. towards that direction. So that's one thing which is very different. But with that said, there's other places you can get that, right? Yes, you can get of nickel course. in countries where they can pay a lot less to, to pull it out of the ground. Hundred percent, you could do that. So that's another thing, of course, that you have to keep an eye on. So that's why mining has always been the one thing that has driven Timmins market. But now but I like your education angle. Uh, that's nice because uh, you know it, traditionally education is looked at as insulated from up, ups and downs in the economy. Yes, exactly. So yeah. that's another component of the market as well. Is like the uh, the the student the students coming in that has Timmins has never seen that. And Timmins population to begin with, as per last consensus, was forty five thousand, close to there. It has definitely gone up at least ten fifteen k more since then. But keep in mind with the population that size and about seven hundred students coming in every four months. That takes a toll on your infrastructure. Like when oh, I yeah, that's when huge. I when I say there's housing crisis, there's actually housing crisis. Like I was actually lucky enough, and I'm not a big um, invest like big in a sense. Like there are some really big investors out there. I only have 30 doors right now, right in Timmins. But I was able to secure a meeting with the mayor. Like when I was there last time, I spoke to mayor, and she's really concerned about, and they're willing to come up with like different programs to help investors mm -hmm. like myself and other people out there. And there's a new CIP coming from them uh, in the next month, which is mm -hmm. gonna allow investors like us to go in and, uh, and and create more units in the existing dwellings. So yeah. so when I, when I say the market is booming, it's because I find it so hard. I have a few properties in Niagara and I find it so hard to rent them to really good tenants. And I find it easier to rent in Timmins. I'm not yeah. lying when I say that. Like, well, I mean, if you're just getting like international students that are coming in with a goal, I mean, it's a lot different than, you know, a party city like of London. Course. Of course, it, yeah. it's very different. I, I, I totally understand. And yeah. and that's another angle. And the third point I want to say about Timmins is is the, the rail, which is coming in, which is already approved. It's in 2027. The first rail is going to come in, which is going to go from Union Station all the way to the last stop being Timmins, uh, Cochrane. Oh, wow. So. So that is that is huge. So it'll be a via via rail line. Uh, it's called Northlander, uh, if I'm not mm -hmm. wrong. Uh, but I'm not sure who's gonna is this gonna be operated by. Maybe maybe it's via, via, yeah. maybe 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 via. But nonetheless, uh, the the construction has already started in Timmins. So what would it be any faster than driving or bridge? Oh, 100. It's uh, it's gonna be about uh, four four and a half hours. Okay. From uh, from Union to Timmins all the way. Okay. Which is drive is about seven and a half. Uh, oh, just because of the roads, well, weather, direction. Yeah, roads are yeah, roads are yeah. like kind of all yeah. swivel and stuff. Uh, also, it's not a good roads to be on. To be honest, I, I learned my lesson the hard way. There, like you, you lose connection. Uh, yeah. There could be snowstorms. A single lane highway. So you've got all wheel drive and some beefy snow tires. Uh, I, I don't, <laughs> but yeah. I should. I should have them, uh, especially if we are going to another winter now. So, uh, but nonetheless, those are the three pointers. It's not only mining. It's mining, student rental, as well as this. 
heavy in municipal investments, provincial investments into the infrastructure that is getting there. And and I got that like I, when I was there last in Timmins about a couple of weeks back, I, not only did I get a chance to speak to mayor, but I also got a chance to speak to other institutions like economic development and stuff who are bringing in more professionals in. Like they really need doctors. They really need, need accountants mm-hmm. in the town. And they always are struggling with housing too because they're like, we try to attract people, but people need a place to stay. People need a lifestyle to live. So... We really need housing. Housing is the essence of the problem for everything. Mm-hmm. And that's what every, like all of these organizations I had a chance to talk to when I was there last, were saying the same thing, that we need housing. And I'm glad that, so that's what I changed my perspective quite a bit over the last two weeks is, and I was speaking to Mandy, who's, uh, who's my coach, and she was like, you got to provide for, like think about it as providing value to the community. Like think about if you were to provide housing to 100, 200 people, students, let's say, of course, you're going to make money, of course, but there's also another element to it. Like you're kind of helping the community grow, solving a problem. Which I think they like that vernacular up there. Like they, they want to hear that kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, like I want to help the community. Oh, okay. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And that's why I was really surprised when I was able to secure a meeting with the mayor. Mm-hmm. Because one of the people I talked to, like, how, how did he? I'm like, it was not tough. Like it was literally, I just told them that I want to solve a problem. Mm-hmm. This is the problem I've seen in the community. And I have a few solutions which I could talk to her about. Mm-hmm. And it was as simple as that, right? Because they're really struggling. And and that's where that's where I think a lot of investors, I think one other person who showed up on your show, Isaiah Henry, I think he's also yeah, one of the investors. Mention him. Yeah, he's up there. He's up there too. So, uh, so there are a few investors who are kind of uh, big up there, getting big up there. Uh, but I think in my personal opinion, I'm really bullish on uh, on Timmins market, given all of these uh all of these factors, which I just mentioned, the three of them being the most popular ones. All right, so you're just going to stick with Timmins then? Are you, yes. you got further expansion or are you just going to milk that one? No, I, I'm going to, uh, that's what my take was like, maybe just sit on it for a bit. Uh, I do have a few optimizations, things I have to do in my portfolio. Uh, however, I'm, I'm still going to keep on buying new projects like the one which I just- So that five, five unit, is that particularly close to the college? Uh, there's a bus stop uh, right on, right, right, right as soon as you get step out of your door, mm-hmm. there's a bus stop right there that takes you directly to the college. Okay. So and they get bus pass included with their tuition. Uh, with their tuition, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that helps. That helps. So exactly. So that's why that's a that's a big plus. Uh, it's uh, it's in a part of a town, uh, so it's not exactly in Timmins. It's like Timmins is like a combination of a few small towns. Uh, so Timmins Core, and then there's a small town called Schumacher, uh, which is mm-hmm. which has the had the image in the past of not being that desirable place, maybe a C-class neighborhood at the best. Mm-hmm. And then there's Porcupine. Uh, Porcupine is where the university is or the college okay. is. Uh, a lot of students prefer to live close to the bus stop. So there's not a lot of student housing in Porcupine. So it's mm-hmm. usually Schumacher or Timmins. Okay. Uh, the buildings I'm trying to acquire are in the Schumacher region. So a lot of people might not mm-hmm. bite on them. And that's why it gives me an edge. But over time, they're myself included and a two or three other investors, big investors are buying a bunch of stuff in Schumacher and re- yeah. revitalizing the town. So over time, you like even now when I go yeah. in, there are people who prefer to live in Schumacher than Timmins because there's a homeless shelter that just opened up a year or two ago in downtown Timmins, which is causing a lot of mm-hmm. violence in the downtown area. So that's why now people prefer to stay more in Schumacher area than they would actually in the Timmins area. So so that's why I think I got lucky in that way and also a little bit strategic as well when myself and a couple of other investors got together and be like, let's just 
keep buying stuff in Schumacher, just stabilize them. Yeah, it's amazing nice. what you could do with a small community like that. You can transform it. Exactly. Like you can just work together to just buy it up, improve it, like pick a few different streets and let's just make these streets better. Exactly. And drive out like, you know, riffraff if it's there. Exactly. Drugs and violence, get it out of there. 100%, 100%. So that's what that's what I've been, uh, that, that's what our, our plan is to keep on doing that. And that's what the meeting with the city was uh, about exactly that. Hey, you have a few buildings that are up for tax sales. They're, they're yeah. a bunch of land. Like I'm willing to make it work. I have team who can make things happen. But would you be willing to corporate, give us some grants, give us some facility, like loan facilities at low mm. interest rates? Because at the end of the day, we're just burning it out, right? So yeah. I don't want city to give me money. I just want city to create multiple facilities, which I could kind of do five yeah. projects at once. And then when I burn them out, they get their pot of money back. Right. So, so you want them to fund you? So keep, do do some projects and like not fun in a way that uh, like it also provides them value because essentially what I'm going to do is, well, if you have a pool of funds where we could just dabble into if you wanted to grab on a project, uh, we could have some of those units dedicated to low income housing. We could have some of the units dedicated mm -hmm. to student housing and we could have some. So they would give you loans. Exactly. The if, city is open to that? I've presented them these options <laughs> when I was there last time. It's bold. They weren't they weren't open to it completely, but they were like, wait for it uh, until the CIP comes out, which is uh, in the next month in October, I think. What's CIP? Uh, their community improvement plan. Oh, okay. So once that comes out, it has a bunch of new stuff on the housing part. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. But I was like, worse because they're gonna say no, right? Like, mm -hmm. doesn't doesn't hurt to ask. We'll ask, and so we'll see where it lands. I like that you asked. That's <laughs> pretty cool. Exactly. Exactly. So. Does every building you have do as well as that, or is that that's just like a special home run? That's a special home run for sure. But uh, I, it's just pretty recently that I started into bigger multifamilies. Like I, I own uh, the thirty doors I have are mostly a combination of single families, duplexes, and triplexes. Uh, the two big buildings I have are is this so, so it's five plex and then another six plex, mm -hmm. which. Uh, we just uh, refinanced about two years, two months back, two or three months back. Uh, so those one, those two ones uh, were the home runs, like this one and the the one we actually yeah. did a refi. Uh, and and I was happy enough. Like once we refi that one out, we had about fifty fifty five thousand left after, like on top of what we had invested. And I was, yeah, and, and then again, cash flows are pretty similar to that. And uh, I was able to, uh, and that's why I love real estate, uh, is I was able to buy a car I really loved. And that is like a proof and testament when I wake up every morning, it's like, yeah. I look at that. My real and, estate bought this. Yeah. I know, exactly. And, that's good. And that, that's what it's kind of drives me every morning, to be honest. That's amazing. Car. Uh, it's Porsche, Porsche Boxster. Okay, uh, it's O2, so it's it's not new, but it is it's yeah. one owner, really well kept. Yeah, uh, and to be honest, it's not just and did not specifically want that car, but it was more of a statement. Which uh, growing up, like uh, because I was not born and raised in Canada, I was I, I came to Canada as an international student back mm -hmm. in 2010. I went okay. to Waterloo for my actuarial science, graduated 2015, and I've been working nice. since. Uh, so growing up, uh, and I come from. Um, middle, uh, lower middle class family. So growing up, I always loved cars, but my, 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 my parents always had that mindset of, hey, we can't do that. Like, that's just not, and I always felt like, hey, no, like I wanna make it happen. And then, yeah. so that car, when I got it, it was more of a, more of a statement that anything is possible. Spent on something you didn't need, you did it because you could. Exactly, exactly. So that's when, when I, when I wake, when there are difficult times, which there always are, you can agree to it, Andrew, like there are different difficult times in the real estate journey. It's not just always uh, all these good numbers and mm -hmm. stuff. There are always problems. But when those problems are there, I, I literally, 
go to my garage. I open the garage and I, I look at it and I'm like, okay, this is probably why I'm doing it. Because you yeah. need to have, you need to uh, reward yourself along the way too. Well, your your wife must be happy with the progress you've made, right? So you've probably added well over $10,000 a month, 15, something like that to your your income for the for so, the household. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would, yeah, so, so not, so there are two buildings we're doing, which are doing well, but also I have a, f- a few duplexes in Niagara region which are not doing as well of course because are they sucking up cash yes yes so they were all uh, variable rate mortgages that yes they're variable mortgages which are probably each duplex is costing me about a thousand uh, to kind of hold a thousand wow but but it's only two three of them I hold right now uh but that's still, I'm happy that I have the other Well, this part. yeah, this is why you have, like, and some people would take a strategy, they'll have an area that's likely to appreciate that won't cash flow as well, and then they'll have an area that cash flows really well, less likely to appreciate, and the two complement each other. Yes, yes. In this case, uh, this is exactly what I talk about when I say people, you can't do negative cash flow unless you have, you know, $15,000, $20,000 of cash flow coming from another area Correct. to cover those losses. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. So... Uh, yeah, so and and and, and it's a different strategy, Andrew. Like the, the Niagara one, to be honest, uh, those have been really the purchases which really was money made on the buy. And I mean, when I say that, is mm-hmm. those decisions were made like as quick as like I've never made those quick mm-hmm. decisions because I think so. Sean Ria, you, you know him, right? So he's my partner in a couple of lands in Belize as well, which we own. And uh, he just called me one day and I was like, "Hey, one of the buyers uh, backed out on this duplex. It's the lowest available duplex. It's already negotiated." because they couldn't just close because of the financing. It's already negotiated down to ridiculously low price. Do you want to just, you have to just make an offer right now. And I was like, okay, let's do it. And it was literally like 15 minute conversation I had with Sean. And we offered something and that was the lowest price duplex. We ended up in the whole Niagara region. Like for, uh, well, of course there are now more, but when mm-hmm. we got it, it was like, we, we secured that duplex, really well-maintained duplex in yeah. a Ford area for 410,000. So that was, so, so there, there are certain deals which I bought which maybe doesn't cash flow, but is it? It's already yeah. a built-in equity in there. Which I, if I was to sell that right now, I could probably have that hundred thousand more. Uh, in my mind, though, if you were to calculate a return on equity, like say you got a hundred grand in equity in there, yes, even though you didn't. Well, I mean, say you, I don't know what you put into that, but say you have a hundred grand more than you put in. Correct. Is that equity? What is that equity yielding? You know, if you were to do return on equity calculation, so you're at your annual return. So what's the what's the logic in hanging on to those? Yeah. So so the two duplexes I own, so uh, in, in Niagara region. So one is I'm holding on to it because it has a potential. It's already zoned and uh, like the old owner had already kind of done all the paperwork and stuff to turn that into a triplex. Okay. So I have everything approved and stuff. So that added value to hold that is just to have some time and some commitment to get that project rolling and getting it done to change that to a triplex. Yeah. Do you think, is there really a way to profitably, like, are you talking about an outside unit or are you talking Uh, about an an inside unit? An inside unit. Okay. So what do you think it's going to cost to do that if you wanted to do it? So outside unit costs a lot. Uh, Yeah, they're very expensive. You You got to service them. You're going to be a couple hundred grand by the time you service it and build it. Exactly. But this one, uh, there's a way, like when you walk through it, is to put a wall at one of the one of the uh, spaces on the the upper level that kind of separates it out. So there's not a lot of work that that needs to go there. Maybe I would say fire separation. Fire separation. Even if the walls are there, you still have to rip them off. Of course. So it's not a it's not a big work. Like maybe one wall, 
you rip it off completely and kind of put fire rate, fire rated stuff and stuff but it's not going to cost like hands and arm like uh, if you were to do it outside so that's why probably going to cost like 20 grand there so, are there so some scenarios lend themselves more to that though like i a couple of my coaching students had like multi hundred thousand dollar quote to do pretty much similar i'm like okay you need to get some other quotes but uh <laughs> yeah. But it depends on how much destruction is needed to be done. If you want to add a toilet, like is there plumbing in that area of the house? How much of the finished area of the other unit in the basement has to be destroyed? 100%. Um, So so yeah, there are variables. But if you can do it for 20, then you're laughing. Yes. It's just like, so say you can do a $200,000 additional dwelling unit outside that'll get you $2,000 in rent. Yeah. Is that worth it? If you look at that deal on its own, does it make sense to do it? I mean, I... For me, it would exact numbers. I I don't generally speaking. I don't think for most it would work. Yeah. But for you, definitely not. No, no. Yeah. I, I look everything in terms of my Timmons numbers, right? So well, then you're soured on pretty much everything. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's why. That, that's why I've never bought anything in the last year in the Niagara region. The the only thing I bought in Niagara was just a very impulsive buy, just when the deal was right in front of me. Like the other property I own is stand is is standing on a double lot, right by the mm-hmm. Crescent Beach, in Fort Erie. Okay. So, so there's a potential for severance. So just the severance itself, because uh, a two doors down, a neighbor has done a severance, mm-hmm. a similar severance on their their lot. And once we do that, it's going to be the lot itself is two hundred and fifty thousand, which makes which I bought the whole property for four ninety. So a duplex standing, once I get that two fifty mm-hmm. out, it's going to be another two fifty for that. So yeah, there's so a long term. There's, yeah. there's there plays there. So that's why. I, I, I don't necessarily sit on like a debt equity that way. Like I usually have something have in my some mind. Sort of a plan, yeah. Yeah, something of a plan. It's just about whether I want to spend my focus right now in that avenue. It's just there's something there, mm-hmm. but I just want to make sure that I come back to it when the time is right. Yeah. How do you separate your day, like your daily time? Like how much time are you putting into this stuff now? Probably not nearly as much now. No. Um, I would say so. Of course, I, I do my nine to five, which is which is more like eight to six or eight to six thirty. Uh, but uh, but then after that, usually um, I would I would work on uh, like answering my PM for some of the questions you would have sent uh, mm-hmm. from Timmins. Uh, I have a PM in Niagara, so maybe follow up with them. Like not on a daily basis, but every other day, or every three days, uh, I'll be analyzing opportunities in the evening. Uh, so every every evening, I'll spend about two to three hours. Uh, every evening. every evening yeah you can tell you don't have kids <laughs> <laughs> yeah not yet so so that's why that's why one of the things i want to focus on is do as much as possible uh until until then because uh i really want to i really want to enjoy the time with the kids when that happens there's some wisdom for you i'll tell you the one thing that jordan and i have said a heck of a lot is we we look back at the time before we have kids and think what idiots we were for how much time we wasted not doing all the things we wanted to do you know like uh, ambitions you had side hustles you wanted to start yeah. uh, expansions in your business yeah. you know just all that stuff yeah. like that time and i'm sure like i'm still sort of in it so to speak but if we're gonna have more then you know, i'll be in it for a while <laughs> but uh i'm starting to see the light he's almost two well yeah. almost he's 20 months yeah. but good lord like i still get kicked awake at 5 30 <laughs> in the morning and you know my night like 
if I have like 15 minutes to go tinker in the garage, like that's a win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I would imagine. That's what I've been told yeah. by a lot of people. Yeah. So, so the multiple hours of assessing deals, like when you showed up, you're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm doing the stuff that you're talking about doing at night because I know once I go home, it ain't happening. It's not happening. Yeah, exactly. But it, it's yeah. tough, Andrew. Like, to be honest, like, uh, it, it, it's tough. But the good thing is, like, a lot of people I don't talk about, they're not liking their day job and mm -hmm. but but i love it like to be honest like That's my great. uh my goal is uh like what i do right now at work is helping big organizations set up their i don't know if you've heard about this captive insurance like they set up their own dummy insurance companies mm -hmm. in tax savvy uh, areas like bermuda so essentially they need an actuary on board to do their pricing for their dummy policies, right? Which so they're, they're writing policies to themselves. To them. So it's a self-insurance mechanism. It's it's all, yeah. but it's it's very. But the foreign company is the one that collects the premiums. Exactly, and, and we, then can insure them and pay them out if there's a loss. If there's a loss, but then there'll be no taxes on any no, of that. Exactly, and and they can and whatever they keep. Are they planning on a loss here. <laughs> <laughs> but the good thing is, whatever they retain as part of their premium, which are not paid in losses. It, they can declare themselves dividends over the few, next few years. So essentially what the mechanism is, when an insurance company charges you money, they, they they have an expected loss, and then they buffer it up for their profits and expenses, right? Mm -hmm. When you bring that portion of loss in-house, you're taking away the profitability and expenses of the insurance company. So you're mm -hmm. kind of, if you're big enough, and, yeah, yeah, and you yeah. cannot do it in a Self-insurance does, does you good. Yeah, does, yeah. does that good. So, it's like anything else that you outsource versus insource. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to be big enough, right? Yeah. So that's what I, I, I love doing. I love kind of creating this creative structures for bigger companies. That's what I do at my work. Uh, and that kind of translates well into my real estate when we want to structure the deals creatively as well. So we didn't talk about this. Like, are you bringing in JV partners or it's all self-funded? Uh, so, so all of it right now is is purely self-funded. Uh, all my recycling the capital, recycling the capital. But I've reached to the point at which banks don't like me as always. Well, on my personal side, well, commercially, commercially they will. They will yeah. Commercially they will. So there are a lot of opportunities on the duplexes and triplexes. So I'm gonna hopefully over the next months I'm gonna do something where I can bring in partners on a smaller deals, which which we might not qualify. Yeah, yeah. Well. You could still commercially finance those. That credit you union will probably start dealing do, with you. They on those, do, but it, the cash flow won't be as good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, is it worth taking on the partner? Or that's one thing I've asked, I kind of asked myself multiple times, and especially as as Mandy being uh, being my coach. Yes, yeah, she's all about the JV partners. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so, yeah. but 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 one thing I, I really like is control uh, of my own mm -hmm. kind of portfolio, and I know bringing in partners kind of dilutes that. Yeah, partners, and I've, you know, I've said that I don't like them, but then I've also said that I do like them, and I like them when they bring something more than money. Exactly. Like, bring mindset, bring aggression, bring, yes. uh, you know, a drive to succeed, yes. because then together you can be more than the sum of the parts. Exactly, exactly. I totally agree with that. And, and that's one thing, Andrew, like, if I ever was to go into the partnerships, it would it would probably be like, you know, how there are coaches out there, but I would... I would probably help them, like if someone wants to be active side, mm -hmm. but take a portion of their like equity yeah. on that project rather than them paying me twenty five, thirty thousand just for the coaching program. Yeah, you know? so that helps them grow, and I feel also kind of bringing in the value to them, and I also don't mm -hmm. have to be actively involved there because they take and they run yeah. the show. I'm just there as a more advisory uh, and making things happen, having yeah. my contacts in place for them. So that's my goal on the partnership side. Yeah. I would say very cool. And how often are you going up to Timmins and do you suspect going up there? Uh, so I, if I don't want to, I, I, I can just completely forget about it. The team I set it up there, I can yeah. all do it, but I just like to. 
So I do it every three months. I would go there once uh, just to check up on the projects, just to catch up with my team, taking mm-hmm. out them for dinners, kind of making them feel appreciated. Uh, and now, more recently, I've been doing every month uh, just because I'm, I'm trying to schedule some meetings with the government officials, trying to get involved and align my interest with their mm-hmm. interest and kind of see what we could do together. Because you can always do so much more if you're yeah. working with the current not against it. So for sure. So that's what that's what my goal is over the next few months is maybe make uh, more trips and get into not only the real estate but I'm trying to get involved also in the business side of things like buying businesses and burning them. Uh, so so that's what that's what getting me into like excited. What kind of businesses? Timmins businesses? Uh Timmins businesses in particular. So yeah. uh, so there are a bunch of uh, stuff there that the economic development corporation which I talked to have in mind which they really want to set up. Uh, or which is already already there, like a laundromat or something, which is already there but not operated to its full potential or not done efficiently and stuff. So same thing, like buying really undervalued businesses of that sort and turning them over because I've already a team mm-hmm. in place. I have a ton of people from college who are looking for jobs. Uh, I've already an arrangement with the Northern College to have like a kind of a co-op program or something for them wow. to, to come in and kind of so that helps them, but it also helps me. And there's a bunch of grants in place that could uh, that could be provided to the businesses I set up. Nice. Uh, so so that's the goal. Like goal is to, uh, but a lot of people ask me when I move to Timmins, but my answer is no. I would never move to Timmins. It's too cold up there. Uh, my wife would never agree to that for sure. Uh, but we're gonna keep growing up up there. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean that that makes perfect sense. You don't need to to live where you invest, and I think people need to, especially nowadays, and especially if you live in southwestern Ontario or the Golden Horseshoe, you need to hopefully be at least open to not investing where you live yes uh which i think most people in this community are whether it was windsor or you know sudbury or timmins or whatever like they had a certain level of comfort with distance exactly and i think just we're just getting more and more to that place and in it might ebb and flow and there might come a time where the gta makes a ton of sense again and maybe at that point bring it back down here and get it going you just gotta pivot i think that i think you've talked a lot about it andrew on your show the pivot is is the the key in here like you just gotta keep Mm -hmm. pivoting there's so many times even during the journey like even within a certain city that things you might have thought about did not work and you just gotta pivot it's just how quick you can pivot and make things happen for you well you've put yourself in a in a really great position to be able to do that and uh, i need more of this in my life so just keep nattering at me with these numbers and <laughs> <laughs> i'll show you <laughs> uh no that's great i i really like that so um thanks for doing this where do people find you and follow you definitely that's one thing andrew like i, I lack on and one of my regrets i i have not done a good job in documenting my journey because i was just doing it rather than documenting it that's fair that's uh, what i did too early on i didn't share anything yeah yeah so yeah. but but hopefully uh in the next few months i'm going to be kind of hiring my uh content team or something to make things happen but whatever i do share it's on my instagram i'll send you the the link to that uh, it's yeah. uh, adilvirani underscore rei um, okay. I, I keep posting it there, whatever I can, but I'm awesome. not a frequent poster. No, nah, it's not a big <laughs> deal. I feel, I feel like Instagram's just a place where a lot of people just send DMs and stuff. Yes, yes. If you're checking and, you know. Of course. There we go. Okay, so they can reach you there. Yes, of course, please do. And was there anything that you wanted to uh, speak about that we haven't touched on? Uh, I think one advice uh, I would just like to put sure. out, that really helped me and that changed my life. Uh, and that's from my grandfather. Uh, I, I know. So there's a saying in our in our in our own uh, kind of language, but it translates to like living below your means or 
like people say that hey always make sure that you you expand your legs to the level at which uh, your parameter of the sheet you're in mm-hmm. so that kind of says that hey just be within your means but I, but my grandfather always uh, never agreed with that so he was like no i should never constrain myself i should actually work on expanding my sheet so ex- so rather than constraining myself and going in that limited mindset that hey how i can say or how i can live beyond my means how do i increase my means you so, mean beneath your means like no just increase your means so like yeah. rather than yeah. rather than reducing your spending yeah yeah grow your just grow your grow means, your means. Of, of income and i look but let's face it most people don't think like that don't, like don't, 99 don't. out of 100 people you would meet yes. here in canada i mean maybe with the exception of a lot of the newer immigrants who come here hungry of course they think about their job exactly what their job will do for them exactly uh, but people aren't thinking side hustle how can i solve people's problems and this is the thing that pains me because i grew up that way yeah. i grew up with parents that that just worked their jobs my mom actually was an entrepreneur yeah. but there wasn't the side hustle culture it wasn't encouraged it was go go to school get a good job yeah and my mom's you know working from home was kind of seen as the lesser good of my dad being a teacher yeah so i was sort of taught that and i had to like deprogram myself to like you should look for ways to make money in everything exactly everything you do how can i how can i make some money from that exactly uh you know like if you like something Mm-hmm. Turn the hobby into something that makes money too. Like I like guitars and music, and lately I've been thinking, you know what? I'm going to flip some guitars. I, you know, if I if I, if I if I can make a little bit of money off of yeah. it, I'll, I'll you know I'll do that. There you go. And, and it's not because that would be life changing, yes. but I like what it does to my mindset. Exactly. It gets me thinking about how I can constantly turn things into money. Exactly, and that's what that's what really changed my mind, Andrew. And and my dad, like my dad, still had that a little bit of a scarcity mindset, but I picked that up from my my grandfather. So I I was really close to him. So that's when, even when I came to Canada, I I know that uh, the international tuition was ridiculously high. Mm -hmm. Like I think it was 40,000, including all my housing and stuff for four months. And definitely my my parents could not afford that. So I was working like three, four jobs, five jobs to make ends meet and make it happen, right? And that just taught me like, that. the lesson that taught me was the fact that if I can make that happen, like once you show yourself that you can make that happen, like nothing can stop you. I would have thought that would have taught you to hate working a job. <laughs> I mean, because you can't scale your time. You're working all these different jobs. But if you can, what if you could put together a side hustle where you can scale? You can scale, and you don't have to make an hourly rate. You can 100%. make a solutions based solution rate. based rate yeah. exactly. But that's one thing I like to say to the yeah. audience is like, yeah. hey, whenever you're constrained, think about how to increase your revenue or means rather than saying hey let's avoid drinking that starbucks or yeah let's cut our expenses yeah yeah, yeah I've, I've i've straddled that line and not always known you know what do we do because i think that it's a scarcity mindset that causes you to constrain yes. but i don't like waste i don't oh, like wasteful course. spending so that's of the course. thing i try and cut out in our house is of like course. let's not waste i don't care if it's small or big we yeah. don't want to waste yeah of course uh, but i also don't want to be like stingy with it and yeah. like count every penny and yeah yeah um, some, you know, instances call for it. Uh, I'm not, <laughs> not going to throw my wife under the bus here. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. we won't go there. Um, <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, thanks for tuning into this one. Adele, thank you for, for doing this. Happy that to was, be here. It was refreshing. <laughs> Happy to be here, numbers. Andrew. All right. Well, let's, let's stay in touch. Take care. There are a lot of people out there talking about the infinite banking strategy and whether or not it makes sense for them. To find out what it's all about and if it's a fit for you, visit controlandcompound.com forward slash Andrew Hines, where my audience can gain exclusive access to books, podcasts, and webinars tailor-made for real estate investors.